What's up, guys? Welcome back. We're doing the show again, episode four. Let's go. Thought I just heard a laugh. I don't know what that was, but anyway, welcome back. Yeah. Street talk. Um, what about fourth show? Fourth. Yeah. Fourth show in the. It's making. rolling. And uh, we want to give a little shout out real quick. Got to address. We're getting close to almost thousands of subscribers, not because of us, but because of fellow Podiacs. Those sweet boys at the pod decided to give us some love. We need you dudes inside of the street talk, <laughs> Yeah, some of you guys came over, and we appreciate you guys. You guys are in on the early train, so... Uh, yep. Give our boys a chance. Subscribe now. Tell everyone you know. Yeah, looking forward to you guys... Hopefully tune in for the next few. We're going to get into uh, some sports, some movies, some video games today. And we got a uh, special guest. Ty, do you want to do a little uh, announcement for him? The first guest of all time on the show. This guy knows a little something more than we know about college football. And he just happens to be our dad. It's our dad. Yeah. Huh? Welcome to the show. Welcome, Welcome to the show. show. Great to be with you guys. First official guest. Come on. Let's go. First one. Let's go. Appreciate that. We're going to dive hey. into the depths of college football with this guy. It's a real show. So yeah. hey, we're going to get into it's it. It's kind of a show now. It's officially a show. <laughs> it's just us talking. feels thank, like a real one now. You get to listen to this guy talk. Don't sell bit. yourself short. You know you know a ton of football. But I um, I think the timing of this is great. With last weekend, you were out there oh, with yeah. me traveling around out to Boulder and Gainesville and some, some great upsets and finishes. And then th- this week's slate of games... So many ranked versus ranked, you know, it's just uh, it's a good time to look, kind of step back after what three weeks, three or four weeks of the season and kind of see where yeah. we're Yeah, this is Absolutely. this is where we get into your little groove where you get to a little a feel of what the teams are like actually after a few weeks of getting to understand them. And now this is where we go with the picks and all that good stuff. Uh, some big ring teams next week. So we talked about Colorado for a little bit. You guys, did you stay up for that? Yeah, day? I did. Yeah. We, yeah. we pulled in and it, it was, there was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And uh, me and dad were watching the end of the game. Mom was asleep and we were trying not to cheer too loud, but it was, we were like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Cause they just kept coming back and it was just fairy tale ending. You knew, you knew it was going to happen. You just feel yeah. it. Yeah. It was, I think they Yeah, were, what was the deficit in the fourth? I know it was like crazy comeback. It was 28 to 14, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as soon as we turned it on, there was maybe eight, eight or nine minutes to go. And Shador just was like, boom, 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 touchdown. Yep. yep. And you're like, I think they were down to like 28, 13. It seems like they were down by they needed a touchdown, two touchdowns, an extra point, and then a two-pointer. So, yeah, I think it was 28-13, and they just came right down, made the plays they needed to make. Mind you, all without Travis Hunter, being because he got injured early on, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, lacerated yep. liver. I saw three weeks uh, as of this three recording. Weeks, yep. Yeah, he's out for three weeks. So that's Oregon and USC they play in that span. Yeah. So that. That's tough. That's tough for Colorado. Next week's Oregon. Yep. They got they've been yep. getting all the hype. Uh CSU kept it close. We're gonna say that's a rivalry, it's a fluke. That's why it was tight. But Oregon's gonna really set the tone and figure out what this team's really like. So I'm excited yeah, for that. Test them. Speaking of Colorado, 
I mean, game day was incredible this past weekend. Um, we had Corso's 400th pick, and then we had Dion, who's the coach. Like, he could be a celebrity picker on his own. And then the Rock cops on stage as well. So how, how did that feel being up there with, with two, like, well, superstars? I, it was – I've been doing this for so long. You're, you're kind of used to having some, some big-name people up there. But I think it, start, it, was, it started with Lee Corso's 400 uh, headgear and all the emotions oh, yeah. that came with that. We did a really cool feature. He got real emotional. Ty, you were there and saw that. And then um, we had Coach Prime on. He had no idea that Rock was going to come up on the desk in the middle of the interview. And he was genuinely shocked, you know, and that was kind of cool. And, to see, and then at the end, we had Rock on like three or four segments. Generally, we just have a celebrity picker. They come off the bus and they just do the picks at the end. But Rock, because he loves football so much, he wanted to be in on a lot of the conversation. So we had him like on three or four different segments. And then the last, the last segment was amazing with Rock and Coach and Pat just kind of doing their thing and uh, making picks. It was a blast. We, we, it was one of and the setting in the backdrop, the foothills of the Rockies. Beautiful. The whole thing was just couldn't have been any better. It was a, it was one of my one of my, my more memorable shows in 28 years that I've been a part of. It was cool. I'm so yeah, I think I'm so bummed. definitely like a top five game day. I mean, that was electric. gosh, dang it. Yeah. Just with uh, what's going on in Colorado and then having the rock there, too. And then I just happened to walk past and like offset just past me like he's just a fan there like they, those guys are pulling out people to the like they had little wayne rapping before the game there's yeah. a lot of hype around it and it's it's cool to see the hype train that keep whole going. story is kind of taken not just college football but really the sports world by storm you know coach prime has such a uh you know an engaging and 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 entertaining personality that, you know, when he beat TCU, it kind of was like, whoa. And then, you know, it, it started to create a lot of buzz. And then they're not shy to hide their confidence. So that creates a lot, a lot of buzz. And then every, it's, it's like they're a um, very polarizing team. You're either 100% behind them and you love everything about what they're doing or you're 100% against them. And you're you're pulling for them to lose. It's like there's no in between, and so that that's why, you know, they've become this story. And you mentioned Jake, they're going to Oregon, yeah. and then they have USC. I think this week they're already a twenty point dog. This that's week. crazy. I think it'll be tough for them to win at Oregon, and then the next week with Caleb Williams against Shador. No matter yeah. what they do in Oregon, that's going to be the epicenter of college football that week. Those two quarterbacks going head to head. I think they got a better chance to win against USC in like a shootout, like a 45 40. No defenses. Kind of game, that's uh, yeah. Defense. No defenses in that. Better than Oregon? Better shot than Oregon? Shador against Caleb the next week. I'm telling you, it's going to be which guy has the ball last. It could be a lot like that Colorado State game. But I think this week, the bubble will burst a bit because I maybe they'll beat Oregon. Who knows the way they're going? But I'd be super shocked if they went on the road and beat Bo Nix and the Ducks. That, yeah, that's a tough that one either. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely tough. And then we were we went to uh, Tennessee, Florida in Gainesville. Um, 
kind of an interesting game where Florida was an underdog coming in, and then they they just kind of took over with uh, the. Right, what Todd, what'd you think of the swamp? What'd you think of that scene? Because you never yeah, really seen that. Yeah, that was my first time there. Uh, I'd only seen it in NCAA, uh, just playing there in the video game. But it was a cool atmosphere. Um, fans get pumped. SEC fans are are nuts. They 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 love it. So remember the guy flipped me off and told me. Uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but he he said it happens, it happens mean, every week. So you might you can bring it up. I almost I almost like actually swung on this guy who just like disrespected the heck out of dad, and I was like, yeah, I was so surprised that someone would even do that, and then he did it to D right behind him. So. Those one yeah. percenters, man. If he did it to me, it would have been like his buddies kind of pulled him back, so I didn't have, I wasn't in within arm's reach, but <laughs> it was a close call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I got fired up. Like for people who have no idea who Kenley is, he's he's like the, the security guy that helps me out. Dress is very nice, by the way. We had to go through the fans to get to the elevator suite. Went through a very skinny aisle, so the fans and ninety nine percent, like you said, Jake, were awesome. Tennessee fans, Florida fans, high fiving people. And there's this one drunk Tennessee fan who's, you know, f you kind of thing, right, in, right in my face, like middle finger, like in oh, his face, no. just like. Luckily, we were moving because if I would have been standing still and he stepped in my space like that, and Kenley was ahead of me, yeah, would have been. Would have been raps. Would have been raps for the guy. It would have been. been you should have gone for the Cincinnati headbutt, Dad. You see that guy? It's close to that. Yeah. It happened so quick. Yeah. I just had it all happen in front of me. D didn't even realize it happened, which is crazy. I was like, he was up in your face. Chaos. All yeah, there was a lot of chaos. A lot of chaos. You're just trying to move. It's not a reflection on Tennessee or Florida fans. No, just no. Happened. One drunk idiot yeah. that uh, was overserved, but all in all, it was a great, great trip. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Great to see the swamp uh, hopping like that. Great to see Florida get a big win. It's been a while since they've had, you know, a lot of excitement um, about their program. So hopefully this will springboard them into some more great moments. And for Tennessee, man, they're they're kind of back to the drawing board. I, I'm I'm concerned about Tennessee. The quarterback situation compared to where they were a year ago with Hendon Hooker, the receivers where they had Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Drew McCoy's good, but, man, they just don't seem to have the same speed or weapons they had a year ago. So they got to they gotta regroup. Alabama's trying to regroup right I now. I wanted to talk about there's, them there's, as well. A lot of team, a lot of power stories in the SEC yeah. right now. A lot of the powers trying to rebuild. Milrow just got named. Milrow just got named starter after. Yeah, I saw that. Like the, they got to go back to him after. The, they yeah, gave the Ty Simpson. The other two. Yeah, the two Tyler's. Yeah, and uh, Buckner. Buckner. He didn't. Either one yeah. took it. They had. A, they gave. A, they had. A, they gave a chance. They, they play Ole Miss next week. It's going to be a battle. That was one of the teams that I wanted to talk about. That like had. I don't know if these teams are all looking ahead to the next week because they got such big games. Like we got. I was going to say Florida State, Alabama. Uh, we mentioned Colorado and Ohio State has Notre Dame next week. FSU has Clemson this next week. week. I mean, I know we're taping right now. Yeah, this week. Really this week. We got Florida State, yeah. Clemson, Colorado, Oregon, like you're saying. Think of this. You got UCLA and yes. Utah. You got Ole Miss and Alabama. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Ohio State, Notre Dame. I, my favorite game maybe this weekend, the one we'll be talking about, the two teams that basically got kicked to the curb in the Pac-12, 
Oregon State and Washington hmm. State. Both are ranked. That's no one's going to know that game's being played. And Oregon State's ranked for sure. Yeah, we can take a little look at the the AP top twenty five right here. Um, Washington State's number twenty one. Yeah, yep. Oregon State. 14. Yeah, they're in there. Yeah, they're in there. Wow, that's gonna be a fun game. Sneaky. That's a sneaky fourteen right there. That's a sneaky game. Again, those two teams. Yeah. Everybody left for the Big Ten and the Pac twelve and the ACC. The only two that didn't have anywhere to go. Are, are two teams that are ranked in the top 21 right now. So All, Pac-12 is balling out. Pac-12 is balling out. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Right now. They probably have the most ranked teams right now. I don't want to just throw that out there, but I, it seems like it's it. like I think it's eight or nine. It's wild. I, I'm not sure how many exactly it is. Yeah. But yeah. ACC-wise, I know we mentioned Florida State earlier. They played Clemson this weekend. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. Clemson's unranked currently. Florida State's all the way up at number four. They kind of struggled this past weekend. Um, but they're only uh, like one and a half point favorites in this game. That's wild. And I don't, I don't know if you like if that's ever been the case where a number four team plays an unranked team and is only favored by like just over one point, which is yeah, I think crazy it's, to see. I think it's a couple things. I think Clemson's still working their way back after that setback week one to Duke. We all know they're a ranked team, right? But – it's almost like you get penalized. Yeah, backs against the wall. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. And, and the second thing is it's a it's a, it's a tip of the cap to the home field advantage of Death Valley. I mean, if, if that were a night game, I think Clemson might be favored. But the fact it's a noon kick, as you know, you guys both have been there um, and, and been on that roster. It's, it's a little bit different at noon compared at night when everybody's had a chance to be tailgating all day and create such, so much energy. Noon running down that hill, it's still great. It's definitely different. Not what it would normally be. I personally think Florida State's real. I think they'll go in there and win. Um, I know you guys probably don't like. No, that I, agree. no I, I agree. I like Florida State. I like their quarterback. You, you cut a big promo yeah. on game day. I think for it, them. Their whole team is legit, and I think they're they're a mad football team because they've been kicked around the last few years. And I love angry football teams. I think they're I think they're dangerous, and um, Florida State. Kind of, kind of messed around with Boston College last week. Uh, maybe peeking ahead. Maybe BC's better than we realize. I don't know, but it was a closer game than we thought. But now it's showdown time. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try to get a run and win the ACC, you got to beat Clemson. Yep. So we'll see if they yep. can do it this week. That's right. And then what other games do we have? We got uh... well, the Ohio State Notre Dame game is probably the yeah that's game, game that's going this week. I mean. As you guys know, Sam Hartman comes over from Wake. I feel yeah. like Notre Dame has a different juice about him with him there. Uh, Ohio State's you know quarterback Kyle McCord seemed to settle in finally yeah. after you know a lot of the fans got upset with him the first couple of weeks. He looked confident. Uh, hit Marvin Harrison had a big day. So the timing could not be any better. I think that was all part of Ryan Day's plan is to kind of get through those first three yeah. and yeah. have kind of everything in line by the time they went to South Bend. So uh, both quarterbacks, I think, obviously, like every week, they'll, they'll contribute to uh, whichever team ends up winning this game. Yeah, I agree. I think Ohio State finally did what they're supposed to do to those teams like Western Kentucky. So I'm super pumped to see what they do against a real ranked opponent. This can be, it's going to be a Definitely fun watch. Definitely boost the confidence, yeah, but, too. What do you guys think of McCord and – and the, the Ohio State offense, you know, C.J. Stroud was there for two years, Justin Fields before yeah. that. I mean, they – I feel like 
I feel like you just got to be a guy like Brock Purdy and just get the ball to the weapons. To the That's, weapons. Yeah. They have so many Kyle weapons. McCord just needs I mean, to be smart with the ball and get it to... And they can run that thing, too. Get to, yeah, just hand it to yeah. Travion Henderson and uh, throw it out deep to those... He got so many weapons. Mbuka and Harrison Jr. Like, yeah, they're loaded on offense. Definitely big shoes to fill, but I think he's settling in. So and you, good Dad, you... We talked about their depth at running back as well. They they just they run guys. Yeah. I think dealing with the atmosphere will be the whole key to the game because it's you got a quarterback that's never played in that environment. He's not going to be able to hear himself. The alignment won't be able to hear the cadence. I just wonder those those big third down plays, third and six, third and eight. How did the line this, – this line did not look good. Everybody wanted to point at the quarterback. This line did not look good week one and two. So how does that line do on the road for the first time in a night game in South Bend? So that, yeah. that'll be a big key to Ty, me. Did, speaking from experience yeah. on that, I think it'll be a great atmosphere in South Bend. Like It'll definitely uh, play to Notre Dame's advantage, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. All right, Dad. I think that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we really appreciate uh, taking time out of your day to talk some ball with us. Appreciate it. Anytime, love boys. You, appreciate love it. You, Good luck with this. Love watching you guys. Keep doing your thing. All right. Love you. Take it easy. Yes, sir. See you. See you soon. Whoa! That was epic. <laughs> wow, that was crazy promo, dude. That was like... All right. We got over with the football. Now we're going to roll into the, the movies. Everything. I know. I'm Siskel. I know you guys are pumped about it. We're going to get into it. <laughs> yep. Hey, let's dive in, huh? For those who don't know, if you just somehow are one of the 12 subscribers that were here before and don't know that I'm Siskel, <laughs> I it I was dubbed Siskel, who is a... they. It's the name of the guy who, I guess, was a critic on live TV and he had a little show. And uh, yeah, the boys at the pod... Um, the guys who shouted us out at the beginning, we mentioned them. Uh, they dubbed me that because of my love for Jake, movies. Jake tends to be, Jake tends to be a little nitpicky when it comes to movies. So yeah, well, you're gonna named rightly so. Yeah, why would why would I say everything's good if that's not true? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying that. All right, <laughs> all right. Movies we've seen recently. What do we want to talk about first here? I was listening to that awesome intro. Sorry, what's up? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. All right, me and Jake did not watch any movies together uh, this past week, so yeah, it's gonna be. We're a, gonna have a few little grab bags today that we know nothing about. Yeah, little grab bag. You don't know what you're gonna get. I stuck to the in theaters. I think Ty probably threw something on on the old TV. So all right, you go ahead, Ty. What do you got? All right, we're gonna start with Heat. It's Ooh. my first five out of five. What on the list? Dang. The first five out of five. I'm pumped about it. I've wanted to throw on heat, but I think it's like two two hours and 30 minutes or something, and I just never could like get myself to sit down and do it. So I'm glad hey, you did. She's glad been sitting did. on the list for a while for me too, and uh, it's worth the watch. A heist gone wrong leads to a high-stakes game of cat and mouse between a criminal mastermind and a hard-boiled detective obsessed with catching him. What'd you think, Ty? What'd you think of heat? All right, let me just say star-studded cast. It has Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, and Natalie Portman is like a young buck. Obviously Padme from Star Wars, but 
We see her in this. She's one. in another good one I've seen. If you watch it, you're gonna recognize a lot of people. All right, so this one's directed by Michael Mann, who also directed Thief, which is a movie I've seen recently. It has uh, James Caan. And I, I saw a lot of similarities between these two movies. I didn't even know who directed it while I was watching it. I was like guessing Scorsese. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. It has the same kind of like two bad guys and then they come together at the end. Um, and it was cool to see the mutual respect that De Niro and Al Pacino had. They're the two main characters. Would you say it's similar to The Departed? I've seen bits and pieces oh, of The Departed. No. I haven't watched oh, it. No. Got to watch that one. Departed's a great movie. I I started it. I'll already give I, it I a. I'll before. give it a four point seven out of out of uh, five. Okay. All right. Go ahead. There's a lot of mutual respect between De Niro and Al Pacino's characters, which is really cool to see, like the good guy bad guy dynamic. And then De Niro's kind of like has a ton of cash, and he's kind of living more like a king. And then Al Pacino's character has like a struggling home life, so it's like good guy bad guy. But then like Al Pacino is also like a bad guy, but he's really good at his job. It's cool how they uh, they get self-aware and they like realize that they're being like respectful of each other. And he's like, hey, this guy's pretty good. Like this guy's got it down. Like Al Pacino's guy is saying that about De Niro. Okay. And then they have a cool like scene where they're eating dinner with each other and they're like enemies, but he can't arrest him because he has nothing on him. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was so cool. It was it was Godfather-ish. Yeah. Obviously, because it has Al Pacino, but like it's just it's such a great movie, and I love to see like the mutual respect from a good guy, bad guy. It was kind of like like a classic Joker, Batman, where like they like need each other to like yeah to live basically. When you describe that scene, it remind like I love when like social norms get like I don't know they get played out in like a setting where like you're in a restaurant. So re- like restaurant, you got to be polite. So even though you guys are enemies, you're eating like food together. There's like a respect involved and that, that kind of stuff's always in those Scorsese kind of movies. But I know this guy's different, but I'm sure he's got inspiration from that. But he's probably before Scors- Scorsese, wasn't he? He was 1995, so he's kind of the same okay. time. Same kind of vibe. I, I just love that. Like but- it, it reminds me of like a... Uh, um, like the respect and the battle, like with a katana, with if you're like in ancient Japan with the uh, those samurais, the samurai, like all the the things, I don't know. It's like a yeah. There's no cheap shots. Like it's all just like yeah. Everything's about honor. And like stuff. I'm a I'm a man. Yeah, it's honor, respect, just like De Niro's playing himself, Al Pacino's playing himself. It's cool to see those kind of movies. I'll have to check someone and out. especially the guys. In their primes, like De Niro, De Niro's pretty young in this one. That's cool. So it was, it was cool. It was he's like Godfather two, like Godfather Part two, kind of young. Oh wow! In this one, okay, nice. And the score is awesome in it. And uh, I just had to give it a five because um, I haven't watched a movie that that yet in a while, and I had to had to put it up there. Yeah, it gets a lot of hype, and uh, I'm glad it lives up to it for you. I, I'm gonna have to watch it then. There's cool. this uh, fight scene in the heat where that's just guns ablazing in the middle of the streets. Like it was, I. It's one of those scenes where you're like, "How did they shoot this?" Because I like watching the Fablemans. You said like they do like the cool sh- shot effects. Um, there's like bullet holes going into the sides of cars and like 
I love that shit. It's just like mayhem out in the streets. And Val Kilmer's characters, like, just like unloading clips. Like, it's so cool. Dude, do you remember um, in Dunkirk? You, I just, my brain just took me there. When you're talking about bullet holes, when they're hiding in the bottom of that boat and the bullet holes come in. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then and the ray like tracing nice. light just comes in, like... It's that that was an awesome scene, but yeah, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, it's some good cinematography. Yeah, I just there. I just think about that. And then with Michael Mann's filming style, just like in The Thief, it's more of like a dark, like, like it's like a blue kind of color, like across the whole movie, except for like the the daytime scenes. I like that, which is kind of cool, like stylistic. It's a nice little touch, like in his movies, and the uh, final boss scene, like the boss battle per se, was like on a flight runway and it was uh it was really cool with all the lights in the back i really enjoyed that movie and i just wanted to mention that as well all right i got one for you we went to the movie house and uh that's what we call movie theater if you've uh oh, never yeah. heard that before i think some people are like why the hell are you calling it that that's that's what it's called that's what our dad calls it that's what our mom called it that's what we roll with so uh went to the movie house saw a haunting in venice um it is a sequel to the death of on the Nile. It's the it's like a whodunit series. Now retired and living in a self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, Herot reluctantly attends a seance at a decaying haunted palazzo. He soon gets thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets when one of the guests is murdered. This one is directed by Kenneth Branagh. So the death on the Nile and this one are both Ag Agatha Christie um books which i'd never heard of but i had to dive deep dive a little bit about it uh to kind of understand i i didn't understand why we were making half-baked fucking whodunits so i knew there was some kind of root to it and that's what it was so it was like uh agatha christie she makes like sherlock holmes type um like books but her person is from britain and his name's uh herschel Pirro. And he has this sick-looking mustache. That's the only cool part of the movie, in my opinion. And uh, he gets kind of thrust into this, like they said in the thing. I'm using the same verb. But uh, it's like a Walmart Knives Out, pretty much. It's like, I love whodunits, so I was excited. Like, anything mystery-wise, like, I'm in there. And I, I, like, I was really looking yeah. forward to it. And this one just didn't live up to expectations. It was pretty basic stuff. Could sniff out the killer pretty easily. It wasn't, like like that's uh, always fun to do huh? yeah i know but like like trying to trying to figure out who the killer is yeah but then you're like there's like such it's definitely that guy and then it's yes yeah there's such a fine balance of giving enough people screen time so you don't give away the killer but you want the like the shock value to be big enough where like oh i swear that i thought that person was like like super cool I'd, and then but like yeah this one i don't know it was pretty bad um Death on the Nile and that are like about the same. This Avika Christie girl, uh, the author, she wrote and then there were none, which we we read when we were growing up, um, and it doesn't include this Sherlock Holmes figure that she has. So I think those guys, if they're gonna keep uh, adapting her work, I think they should go with that standalone film and then there were none. I'm sure there is a movie out there, but that would be cool. But I would love to see like a new generation version of that. If you don't know what that is, uh, I'd suggest looking it up. It's basically 12 people go to an island mysteriously, and then 
and then there were none. So it's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, last night I went and saw The Nun 2. And we went to a um, a drive-in movie theater, which is pretty awesome. Oh, there's only one uh, awesome. pretty close to me, and it was it was a good time. Uh, friendly folks there, even though they didn't look it, uh, who work there. But uh, you know, we found out that there's an FM channel, and you can hook up your your um, your speaker in your car to match the audio on the on the screen. And I cranked up the boost or the bass boost, and then we got it uh, real nice and crispy in there. Brought our own snacks. I think I was more just mesmerized with the, the atmosphere I was in than the movie. It was a pretty basic Conjuring movie. I love The Conjuring 1 and 2. Uh, ever since then, it's it's kind of felt like a cash grab since then. Uh, they they do those typical scares, and but there's, there's one thing that I'd, I'd like to say about it, that they do a good job in all these... Like, whenever they're trying to set up a location, they do a good job doing a one-take, like, camera that's on a dolly, and it, like, goes through the areas that you're going to revisit later and, like, have those horror scenes in, and they do a good job setting those up. Like, I I love that kind of stuff when they reuse shots from, like, earlier in the movie, so you kind of know in your head where you're at, and it's not just, like, a hidden mess. Uh, There's a hilarious scene that wasn't supposed to be funny in The Nun when this guy sees the nun, and he gets whacked pretty heavily, like, pretty aggressively. And, uh, like, it's one of those ones where they get, like, taken up and, like, start floating. And then he got dropped, and then he's got his neck snapped. And it was, like, so loud that they are able to transition it to the next scene of somebody turning on a motor. <laughs> Like a uh, I like like a crank motor. It was like a tran- It was cuts. like a sound transition. That's hilarious. Yeah. So this yeah. this guy went from he like and then is like to a uh, a fucking oh. motor, and I was like, oh my god! Like the fact that Dang, that like gross. some the the violence is loud enough to like transition that way was was a funny thing. I liked that part. Very dark movie. Um the projector screen was not like strong enough for this movie. I feel like so I had I had a hard time in those like dark scenes. Like if it could have been a lot scarier, I bet. I didn't know they did uh, new releases out there for for drive-ins. Yeah, so it's yeah. Cool. The Equalizer three was on the other TV, so it was either that or that one. Okay. So it was cool. All right, Ahsoka. Once again, this was the big episode for them. What do you think, Jake? I thought that they were playing a lot of fan service and like if you there's a lot of prerequisites to this um series in general to be able to enjoy it fully like uh you have to watch the rebels and the clone wars and then you can watch it and the prequels and the prequels so yeah it's which which are fun to watch but the the tv shows are harder to watch because it's so many episodes yeah it just feels it it feels like they're trying to do what Marvel did a long time ago, and they missed the wave. And uh, Zach's gonna hate me for my our brother Zach is gonna hate me for like clowning this show, but like I I could care less about this show, honestly. Like we were we were young bucks. Like I dressed up as Anakin for for uh, Halloween. Like we are Star Wars fans. I'm an Anakin fan. Yeah, you were and, you were uh, repping his look when he wore the. Uh, the like mini ponytail in the back, like the yeah, buzz cut. Yeah, I don't think vibe. I rocked the ponytail, but I I had the uh, <laughs> the vest on. I could pop a little picture up. Yeah, I'd forget what, were, what was I. Darth Vader. I was Darth Vader. All right, yeah. 
That's yeah. yeah. So we we did a good job on this Darth Vader Anakin grind for a while, and uh, it worked for me partly. Like I kind of felt like I was like a little dude again watching this episode. Like that was cool. Just like Anakin talking to Ahsoka, I was like, that's cool because we haven't seen it in live action. You see that in the Clone Wars. Yeah, and then uh, you gotta like you gotta see some of the bright parts out here. I know, I know, it's like no. I want to clown it more. I want to clown it more. Remember when the little kid was just looking out (laughs) at the ocean, and then he was like, "You hear that? The lightsabers, mom!" And then that was like, and then why did they like leave them there? I definitely thought that was gonna be a plot point where he was gonna somehow like fall in and like find her, but they didn't do that. Be like, what are you doing here, dude? Hey, one good thing. No, let me say no. One good thing that came out of the episode, all right? Bro got humbled. Ahsoka actually smiled at the end. And she was like, I'm happy to, like, live life. Because she was, like, this old man, like, yeah, kind of cranky throughout the whole... Old man. I know it's, yeah. like, a character arc. She was acting like an yeah, old man. I mean, she's, like, a stoic old man who's out on life. Yeah. And then Anakin kind of flipped her over to, like, like appreciate life a little bit and you know it's a character arc but like to start the show like you want it to be cool like you don't want the first episodes to be like ah it's that's that's the tough thing with a tv show and a movie like you have to build the arc over multiple episodes it's not like a movie like just like two hours that can be the beauty of it too it's just called a lazy writing yeah that that is also but with tough acting and all that stuff it it makes it harder to like want to watch the next episode the next week because it only drops once a week it's not like breaking bad or you can just like binge it yeah it used to not be the case okay. but that's i'm glad definitely glad it's the thing i think it saved the show in my opinion like it would have been it was a lot better than like ahsoka just talking to sabine the whole episode and then like yeah i guess like i guess pausing and all that stuff like we actually got like a decent episode out of, out of this one good thing zach and i were hyping up Anakin being in his like gear from the Clone Wars, like he that was a sweet uni. Like I'm glad that they that yeah, had a showcase. Yeah, And he had the hair like all tricked up. But like, just because he looks cool doesn't show. mean it was a good episode. It wouldn't. It wouldn't get great. It, there's a point where fan service is good, but then it's also like you can't have it be the building blocks of your show. Like you have to have like a good show, and then you like get some fan service in there too. Like that's. That's when you make a great show. All right, we're talking about games now. Whoa, I love games. Okay, Ty, what do we got? I have a Nintendo Switch. Colby, the guy who smells, who stinks, who we talked about earlier in the last episode. We downloaded Nintendo Switch Sports. What a time. You got the classic golf on there, and you got tennis on there. It has multiple different sports. It's got bowling on there. But you can play up to four people. Um... It's a great time. I highly recommend it. Really easy to pick up on and play with the boys. Might even crack open a few cold ones while you're playing as well. Yeah, bro. That sounds like a lot. We were talking about, as a as a group, we were talking about possibly hitting the golf course, playing nine, and then coming back and playing another nine here and like keeping track of the score like out there and then in, in the game. So it'd be a little 18 holes, but it, it'd be half of it's on the Switch, that which be would cool. be fun. That could be I cool. Think that might be a good time. Little, little Olympics competition kind of vibe where you kind of do. Yeah. Different. <laughs> That's funny. I like to see. Let me know if you end up doing that. 
Yeah, I'll let you know how it goes if you do that. Uh, were you talking about golf there? Because we were we were wanting to play that VR golf, and um, didn't get it oh, didn't yeah. get it done. But we do have headsets. Uh, if you guys want to VR, if you guys want to see a little behind the scenes there. We uh, we could get involved, but uh, yeah, I'm undefeated. In, it's a putt putt game. Yeah, I'm undefeated in putt putt, and uh, Ty's got to figure what? his shit out. So, yeah. I don't know about that, dude. It's been like, years. Yeah, but that's I'm still undefeated. I I remember that I no, I was never I, no I was never uncrowned. No so I was gonna talk about the body cam game. Okay. Yeah. It's hyper realistic. Um, it's a new video game coming out. Uh, it has two French developers who made the game, and it when it first came out, people thought it was like a real life like live leak situation where. Uh, like the the faces are blurred out in it, but it looks so real that like people mistaked it for like actual footage. And then the guy was like glitching through the walls and stuff to like to like show the fact that it's a video game and it's so real. And it's I think they'll end up doing like a three v three death match. I think that's what the uh, there's a new trailer that dropped for it. Um, it's a first person shooter, and uh, it's on Unreal Engine now, so it's. It looks really real, and it it might be like a step towards the future of gaming, where it's indistinguishable from from real life, which is cool to see. I think those Unreal Engine guys keep uh, showing off their their new AI that helps generate like like landscape and stuff, and I bet they they utilize oh, yeah. that feature that that kind of stuff. It's like super photorealistic. That's like the new yeah, thing. Yeah. So we'll see how far that goes. Uh, I think sometimes what makes a video game fun is it being a little, you know, a little more uh, obvious that they're not trying to, like, go crazy with the realism. But if they can pull it off and it looks, like, seamless, I'd be down to play that for sure. So that's cool. That game should be on VR. Yeah, if they transition to VR, that would be nuts. Did you see that Half-Life game that came out a while back that was, like, uh, forget the name of it, but it's a Half-Life game that they... uh, offered on oh yeah i think pewdiepie yeah he played that i watched pewdiepie's playthrough shout out pewdiepie he's like the king of youtube if you don't know pewdiepie's the goat uh yeah he played that game and i remember him having some kind of special gloves and that game looked really sweet even though it wasn't like crazy realistic i just it it did actually look really realistic modern warfare 3 zombies uh got gameplay got released and there's two different maps one of them chicago which is awesome. And then one of them is Los Almas, which is in Mexico, which is two like real locations you can choose between the These two. These are zombie the locations? Yeah. Okay. Did we talk about the normal multiplayer maps that they mentioned? Because I know like High Rise is back and like uh, all, the, all, all the OG. It's all the old Modern Warfare 2 games. It might be Modern Warfare all the, 3. All the, yeah. All the OG Modern, Modern, Warfare. Modern Warfare 2, like Favela and maps like that. Okay. Um, that one with like the desert and it has like the plane crashed in the middle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all remakes. It's all remakes. I don't know if there's any original ones yet that I've seen. I've just seen the we'll remakes. See. I mean, hopefully there is. That would kind of stink. Yeah, but they're so old that I haven't played a few of those, so I'm looking forward to it regardless. But the zombies looks pretty cool. Um, and just the game in general. Uh, there's slide canceling coming back which is exciting for movement. Movement looked good. 
Movement looked good. Mantling, mantling looked pretty smooth. Like that's one thing that like turns me off from a game really quickly. If the mantling on objects is really shit, these uh these gameplay trailers I've seen like they've like jumped up on like I don't know different surfaces and it like they like got their gun up pretty quick. So I feel like there's some aggressive plays to be made, and uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to. If there is, then we'll be all over it when it when it comes out. So yeah, I'm excited for that uh that high rise map. That's like the OG um, trick shotting off the building map. It's gonna be cool. I'm sure we'll get our hands on the beta pretty soon, and we'll uh, keep you guys updated with with what we see there. We're just uh, finishing up our uh, gaming segment. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. We are looking forward to the yep. Call of Duty that'll be dropping soon. Is it gonna drop soon? October, I think. Let's fucking yeah, go. It's coming up. We haven't been we we we've been like head down, haven't been looking at the news about that very much. So that's exciting. But... Thanks for watching, uh, and uh, we appreciate you guys sticking to the end. If you did, and uh, tie anything you want to say to the people, the potty act. Yeah, maybe uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you guys want to to get some more. Uh, Whoa, this, this trash show. We appreciate it. Smash it! <laughs> Thank you guys for for stopping by. We really appreciate it. GG. GG's. GG. Shout out Street Talk.